Good morning. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus. I did appreciate the things that we have heard so far. Thank you, Eldon. And uh, also that uh, family sharing time. The... um, Brother Neil mentioned there that uh, something about Moses and choices, choosing to suffer affliction. I was, uh, those were where my thoughts first were as I was uh, meditating in preparation. But I uh, chose to put that aside for two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, the... uh, SMBI choir, first term choir, is going to be here and share a program with us. And uh, Lord willing, if there's a little bit of time, I'll wrap up that service with a short message. <clears throat> and I thought the uh, the meditation on Moses and his choices was a very fitting one for that occasion and just kind of put it aside. I'll give you a little bit of a <clears throat> Lord willing, if, if the Lord uh, continues to direct me that way, I'll, I'll share a few thoughts on that uh, when uh, in two weeks. But I'll give you just a little bit of a wetting of your appetite. Concerning Moses and his choices. Choices reflect values. So just tuck that away in your heart and... Ponder that for a couple of weeks and maybe uh, we can just have open discussion and I don't have to share. But anyhow, today we're going to, uh, we're going to look a bit at uh, the lives of two individuals in the scriptures. <clears throat> They're found in uh, the book of Exodus, chapter 2, verse 1. Scripture tells us there that there went, there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife of the daughter of Levi. And then it goes on and tells us that the woman conceived, etc. Now, if we uh, don't search any further in the scriptures, we wouldn't know who, what, the, what the name of this couple was. But uh, if we do a little more searching, we do find who they were. The uh, in Exodus chapter six, it, it identifies them as Amram and Jochebed, which were in fact Moses' parents. We'd like to uh, we'd like to look at uh, learn just a bit. I trust from uh, Moses' parents today like to get a good context of what was happening in their time, uh, though I have a feeling we are fairly familiar with it. Uh, but if you are in the book of Exodus, in uh, chapter 1, as the uh, children of Israel are in Egypt, 
and they are multiplying, they are increasing abundantly, they are becoming a strong people. And uh, in chapter 1, verse 8, the scripture tells us, Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Um, I guess when those kind of things happen, there's a possibility of change coming. A new king rose up who knew not Joseph. And he said unto the people in verse 9, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we are. Come, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when they, there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. <clears throat> Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and uh, Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick. And in all manner of service in the field, all their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. Anybody know what the word rigor means? <laughs> I didn't look it up. It just stood out to me as I was reading here. It's used there a number of times. He made them serve with rigor. Harshness. Yes. I, you know, you, you, you read that and you get the picture that life was none easy. Life was tough, in fact. Life was difficult. They probably were pushed to their limits and beyond. And as I was thinking about this a little bit, I, I got to thinking, and the scripture doesn't tell us necessarily, but do you think it was just the men? I'm going to guess the ladies were out there. I'm going to guess they were forced to carry the brick and mix the mortar. And, you know, everyone was no doubt... Uh, Taxed to their limits, and and life was difficult. <clears throat> they were serving a hard taskmaster, <clears throat> and if you know, by all appearances in the scripture, you know all of that gives a very, very, very difficult picture. Very, very hard life. Uh, maybe we've felt like our week was hard, or our life is hard. Probably wasn't quite as hard as this. Um, but then we go on. You know, some more, some more difficulties coming. It says, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Sippora and the other uh, Pua, and said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye, ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she then shall she live. Of course, we kind of know the story. The midwives feared God and didn't uh, didn't obey the king, and uh, kind of gave uh, the idea to the king that uh, the babies are born before they ever get there. And so, uh, you know, they was they were supposed to, in the process of the birth, kill them so that uh, they were stillborn, I guess. But um, and then, <clears throat> of course, God blessed the. Uh, the uh, midwives says he he uh, 
made them houses, which I, I'm not sure what that means. But in verse 22, And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Now he's not only dealing with the midwives. Now he's dealing with the whole nation, basically. And I, I guess he's basically giving everybody the right that if you see an, Egypt, or, uh, an Israelite and a son is born to him, throw him in the river. Just take him and throw him in the river. He's giving everybody the right to carry it out. Seems like. <clears throat> and in the middle of that is where we have chapter 2, verse 1. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took, a, took, a wife, took to wife a daughter of Levi. Sound like difficult times to take a wife and raise a family, huh? says, a woman conceived in verse 2 and bare a son. When she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him. She took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. Daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along the river's side, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she said to the, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go, and the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, This child, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew. And she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. <clears throat> Well, having, uh, having uh, looked at all of that, <clears throat> I, uh, I guess I, I'll, I'll introduce my, my subject this morning. My title today is Parenting in Difficult Times. I think, you know, there's probably numerous places in the scripture we could go to discover where... Uh, Someone was facing extreme difficulties, but this is definitely one of them. This is definitely one of the, an incredible, uh, difficult time. The, uh, the scriptures tell us in Hebrews 11 verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. You know, this morning, uh, we'd like to try to learn just a little bit from them in uh, the subject of parenting in difficult times. Uh, the last several messages that I shared related somewhat to the uh, parenting subject in different different aspects, and we'll 
try that again today. Trust that uh, we can glean a few encouragements and not be uh, bored if there's any repetition, and I don't think there will be, but uh, parenting in difficult times. <clears throat> One of the first things that I'd like us to consider for just a bit is that what we see here in Hebrews 11 regarding Moses' parents. It tells us that they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And I've titled, my, or I've made that my first subject to consider this morning, is to not be afraid. You know, we do live in a world that is an ever-changing world um, in numerous aspects of, you know, just uh, just the environment of our world, the the, the fact that uh, our world is moving in a direction of uh, departing from God, from God's, uh, from all forms of godliness, moving into, uh, you know, gross sinfulness, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, sins coming out that generally were hidden and in the closets, you know, and in darkness are in broad daylight and no shame and, and uh, you know, our world is changing uh, very rapidly in that aspect. <clears throat> our world is changing very rapidly in the aspect of, uh, you know, having been a, a country of, of democracy, uh, you know, people have their freedoms. You could uh, you could farm when you wanted to farm. You could, you know, build a house when you wanted to build a house. And, and, and you know, things are changing. And the, and the squeezes is, are coming on. And, and you can, uh, you just, you're less and less freedom to, to, to do what you'd like to do in the sense of, of even just, you know, productivity and so forth. Um it's it's a changing world the uh the uh the the technology uh of our world today changes at such a rate that it's almost alarming at times and uh, the capabilities of that uh, technology uh, yeah very 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 fast changing world can can be a fearful thing really uh, and I actually, uh, we are we are actually sheltered quite a bit, aren't we? You know, we we live in our communities. Uh, we uh, we are sheltered from a lot uh, in a fa- in a fair portion. We're sheltered from the bruntness of what is actually going on out there in our world today, and the, the rapid changes. Even though we we see it and we know it, and yet in all reality, we are very sheltered from it. <clears throat> But the Bible tells us that uh, that Moses' parents were not afraid. <clears throat> the king had uh, given a very stiff degree, and it was no pleasant time, no pleasant time to be parenting uh, as a Hebrew. But uh, they were not afraid of that, and uh, they went forward in fear. And I would like to encourage us in our world, and I realize that uh, I'm trusting that we're not fearful, but uh, I realize that uh, those potentials do exist and can exist and could exist in the future. 
uh, where there could be reason to fear. But, uh, you know, we could fear that our freedoms are taken from us. We could fear that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, people, people fear, we could fear people, you know, wickedness, uh, crimes increase, and we could fear those things. We could fear, uh, uh, we could fear, uh, training and disciplining our children in our world today because of the unreasonable social services that uh, even challenge right and proper discipline. Uh, And we do have to be careful, but at the same time endeavor to walk in the fear of God rather than the fear of man. You know, there's a lot of things we could fear. Some people fear the... uh, uh, you know, even our uh, food supply of our day, some people fear that. Uh, my mind goes to the scripture that says the uh, kingdom of God is not meat and drink. You know, obviously we should do the best in uh, providing wholesome foods for our families, but we shouldn't live in fear. You know, fearing... Uh, There's a lot of things we could fear. But the scripture tells us that uh, in First John that perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Proverb writer also tells us that the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. <clears throat> you know, None of us enjoy torments, do we? None of us would enjoy being in a place of torment. But fear brings torment. Fear uh, brings anything but rest to us as individuals, as human beings. And fear brings a snare. It, it kind of, uh, it traps us. It traps us. And we can't move ahead. We can't be what we should be in this life if we're walking in fear. You know, when it comes to parenting, there's a lot of things that, like I said, we could be afraid of. We could be afraid of bringing children into this world. I suppose that's something people deal with. Uh, you know, even uh, in the t- 25, 30 years ago, when I was, you know, a new father, things have changed a lot. You could be fearful about that. We could be fearful what our children may face. We can be afraid of the unknown. But I want to encourage us that uh, that fear and walking in fear is not God's intent for us. Never has been. Fear is intent. Uh, the intent of fear is that it would be cast out. That. Uh, that love would be made perfect in our hearts and that fear would then be cast out because of the love that is... Uh... You know, and I, I'm, uh, I'm one who knows that reality is reality. You know, we don't always just walk in perfect reality, do we? In the sense that we don't... When we, just, we deal with the real, real things, don't we? We deal with fears. We, we have to deal with them. They come our way at times. Uh, uh, 
this goes back many, quite a number of years ago, but it's amazing how, you know, as a person, we are real people. Some, uh, some, I think I said this before here, but some uh, years back, there was a little uh, small shelf above our bed on the wall, just hung by two little nails, and on that shelf was a little candle, and I forget what else, but a few small uh, decorations. And one night, in the middle of the night, this thing fell off and hit me right on the head. You want to talk about a, a, a jarring experience. Now, my wife, fortunately, she knew that she had just cleaned that shelf and re, you know, taken it down, cleaned it, and put it back up. Apparently, hadn't quite hung it properly, and this thing fell off. And she knew immediately what happened. But I jumped straight up in bed terrified, you know. And she's quick trying to assure me everything's all right. But I tell you what, I had to deal with fear for probably several weeks after that. So I'm just saying all that to say we're real people. We do face issues. And it can be real. Just this summer we had a break-in at the garden center. I tell you, I locked my house tighter at night for several weeks than I normally did. It's just something, you know, in those kind of experiences that they don't, we, they don't just run off of our backs like water off of a duck's back. They're real. We have to face them. We have to work through them. We have to, but the, 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 what, what God is wanting from us is, is not the fact that we don't face those kind of things, but that we find our way through them. That we find our way to faith. That we find our way to confidence. That we find our way to trust. That we aren't parked there in that fear for the next 20 years. You know, I want to encourage us with that, just like Moses' parents. They weren't afraid of the king's commandment. I want to encourage us, and I know we have a growing number of young couples among us. I want to encourage you in this world that we live in. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. When it comes to the subject of parenting, when it comes to the subject of bringing children into this world, when it comes to the subject of rearing children in the fear of God, don't be afraid. Fear hath torment. We want to look at the next point. We notice that, um, as Hebrews gives it, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid of his parents. Of course, the opposite, uh, uh, or is the opposite the right word? Might not be the right word, but faith is the solution to fear. Faith is the solution. In other words, uh, trusting God, believing God. Parenting by faith. And it is a faith venture. Uh, you know, there, there are many unknowns. You know, even just the, the fact of, you know, a child is conceived in those months that we are awaiting their arrival. And there's always that, uh, you know, that thought, uh, will it be a healthy child? Will it be a healthy delivery? Will, you know... Uh, there's always those uh, in dangers that come with those uh, processes. And, you know, today we are, we are blessed in the fact that, uh, 
years gone by, there were often probably more of the fear, will the mother survive the birth? You know, years gone by, mothers died in childbirth because they didn't have all the medical procedures that we have today to uh, assist when there was difficulties. And so, in some ways, we have less to fear than they did in days gone by. And, and in other ways, there's, you know, it's a real thing. But, you know, faith, faith is not a feeling. Uh, faith is not hoping that everything will turn out the way I want it to. Faith is rather an anchor, steadfast and sure, for us as human beings, for our soul, for our person, for our being. Faith is an anchor. Faith is security in God, regardless of what comes our way. That's faith. It's not a feeling, but it's a security. It's a place of standing that is firm and solid, irregardless of the difficulties that come, irregardless of the outcome of our our ventures, our attempts, or whatever we're doing. Faith is a solid place to stand. Knowing that, uh, you know, that God never changes. That God is the same yesterday and today and forever. Imagine just for a moment putting your little child in a basket and putting him on a river. Wouldn't be an easy thing to do, would it? But they had faith that something good would come out of this. Or imagine after raising him a bit longer, you know, she got him back then. King's daughter gave her uh, the responsibility to raise him. So raising him a bit longer, and I'm not sure exactly how many, how long she actually had him. Probably a number of years, I believe, most likely. And then turning him over to the king's daughter. By faith, they did it. I realize they were in a tight spot. They had no, you know, they were forced to do it. And yet, we're told that they had faith in God. And by faith, they they, uh, made the maneuvers that they made. And uh, we see the outcome. I couldn't help but think of Riley as I was preparing. You know, a life that was invested in for a number of years by faith. We don't know the outcome yet. I wonder if uh, Moses' parents ever uh, got to see the outcome of where Moses actually ended up at. You know, we, we read it, we refer to it. Did they know that he would become a, a, his, a figure in history to be... To be uh, taught and learned and read throughout the rest of uh, the world uh, uh, the time. Uh, years and thousands and thousands of years. <clears throat> I'd like to uh, just refer to Psalm 127. It's a familiar psalm. I believe probably to most of us. This 
scripture says, except the Lord, in one, Psalm 127, verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And then verse 3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are the are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. <clears throat> you know, as we, uh, as we think about parenting by faith, this scripture definitely encourages us in that. That uh, except the Lord build the house, you know, we are not in it alone. I trust that we believe that. You know, we are not in this responsibility alone. There's nothing that God has given us to do, whether great or small, that He is not with us as His people. There's nothing. There's nothing too small in our lives that God doesn't have an interest in and care about. Uh, even, uh, even uh, yeah, just the simple things of life. And I'm sure that you could give testimony to the, the various ways in which you, you uh, in different points of your life, sense God leading you and giving you direction and caring for you and, and uh, giving you wisdom and giving you understanding. God does care for us. And, uh, and for the, uh, the uh, responsibilities that he's given us. And so we're not in it alone. Except the Lord build the house, we labor in vain. Unless we're doing it with God, uh, we'll, be, we'll be doing it in vain. And, and, and I guess it's important that we, in our hearts, recognize that God wants to be working with us. And that we need God in our lives. And we need His, uh, His constant help and grace and and spirit and direction and inspiration and all those kind of things that come from God. <clears throat> Psalm 53 verse 2 tells us, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand that did seek God. And I couldn't help but think of this verse, whether there were any that understood that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. That God looks down and wants to see if there's anybody that understands that they need Him. They need His help. They need His inspiration. And their posture of heart is one of faith toward Him. One of faith toward God. One of confidence that He'll, that he'll help <clears throat> and be our strength. You know, we talked just a little bit about faith being an, uh, a security in God regardless of what comes our way. Like I said about Moses' parents, I don't know if they ever saw, I didn't go in and study their, you know, their life span and how much, you know, how much they lived to see what God did in the future. Maybe somebody would know that. But, uh, you know, did they see the, uh, their faith realized? We don't know that. You know, in life, uh, Faith in God is not having everything work out the way we thought it should and would. Faith in God is an anchor in God that we walk with God and the outcome is, is really, it's His. And even if we don't understand it, 
And we don't see uh, the end of our faith. And we don't see the, uh, uh, you know, some parents have prayed for children to their grave and have never seen their child turn to God. And some have, after their, the parent has died at some point, turned to God. And others have not. But faith in all of those circumstances is an anchor. An anchor that we uh, uh, who have faith in God need not be moved to the left hand or to the right by the outcome of our efforts and our goals and our you know attempts, because we're we're anchored in uh, uh, f- our faith is in God, and uh, we know that we cannot affect. Uh, Every, um, how do I say it? We cannot affect all of life's circumstances that surround us. We can't. We cannot control them. We cannot control the decisions of our children. We cannot control the decisions of others in the church. We cannot control the, the choices of our neighbors. We cannot control those things. But in the middle of a whole bunch of things that we cannot control, we can be anchored in a living God. And our own lives can be secure in Him, in faith and in confidence. <clears throat> and that's what I would see here in these, uh, in, in Moses' parents. They were in the middle of circumstances that they could not control. Many, many un, very undesirable circumstances. But in the middle of that, they were secure on a solid spot. A solid anchor. God. And they... They followed God's inspiration in their hearts. Probably never saw most of the outcome of it all. But here we are, many, many thousands of years later, drawing inspiration from a man named Moses, who was a result of their faith. So this scripture goes on here in Psalm uh, 127. Says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. You know, like Psalm 23 says, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand. Is there any that still understand that children are an heritage of the Lord? In our world today, not everyone understands that. In fact, Quite a lot of people don't understand that. But children are an heritage from the Lord. A gift. A treasure. Something precious. Something special. And, yeah, you won't just go out and pick them up at Walmart. They come from God. They're a gift from God to us as human beings. <clears throat> And then, of course, we have we have the whole thought of uh, my mind has been recently uh, quite a lot upon special needs children because of especially because of the uh, the uh, abundant living facility that there's been some discussion about the possibility of, of whether the Lord would have that facility become a uh, a place. To minister to special needs children, and you know, you think about 
our world and how our, our world relates to special needs children in a fair portion of it. You know, today's technology, they can discover that a child has special needs before it's born. And many times, parents are given the option and even choose to abort that child because it's special needs. They don't want to be troubled with it. You know, those are also a gift from God. They're also a heritage from the Lord. And you know, we could actually fear that. You know, as young parents, we could fear that. What if we have children that have special needs? And I know it's, it brings a great deal more responsibility, a great deal more, you know, uh, know if responsibility is a word, but they're also a treasure from God. God makes no mistakes. Now I realize that, um, you know, as human beings, I think we should be wise in uh, doing what we can. I know sometimes uh, very tight-knit cultures begin to marry quite closely. And sometimes there's, there's special needs that are actually a result of that. And I think as human beings, we should be wise and endeavor to find solutions to some of those things that uh, may be lending that direction. But we know that, uh, uh, you know, the scriptures in the Old Testament talk about those who had special needs and God's care for them. You know, uh, Jonathan, Saul's son Jonathan had a son who had special needs. He was uh, he was deformed. He was crippled, I guess. Uh, you know. So, and God always had his place in his heart for those things. <clears throat> and I just want to encourage us that, you know, parenting is a faith venture. And, uh, you know, irregardless of how... Uh, our world looks at it, and uh, irregardless of the measures they take to all those kind of things, may we may we go forward in faith in God and trust God and and not uh, live in fear and not succumb to their ideas of uh, of these matters. <clears throat> The scripture here says that uh, as arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemy in the gates. You know, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. You know, a, a quiver. I don't know what size your quiver is, but... My quiver held six, and then we just kind of expanded the thing a little and put a seventh one in there for a time. Uh, as long as the Lord wills, we'll uh, give uh, our energies and time to be a mama and a daddy to a, a little one who has no mama and a daddy at this point. <clears throat> Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. I, I just want to bless 
many of the youth here, I've seen over the years, different times, the interest that, and I'm going to say especially young men take in little ones and babies and so forth and hold them and play with them. And I don't have to say that about the young ladies because they're fighting over it. But it's a blessing to see the young men show that kind of interest. And uh, I appreciate it. Children are a great responsibility, but uh, one that we can assume in faith. You know, each soul is an eternal soul, and each soul will spend eternity somewhere. And so it is a sobering responsibility, but it is a responsibility that we can venture in in faith and trust God, even in difficult times. All right, just to uh, continue our thoughts a bit, I would like to turn to Matthew 25, moving away from uh, Moses' parents and just Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. This is the uh, scripture where the uh, king, uh, I'll just read a few verses here. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability and straightway he took his journey. Of course, we uh, we have responsibilities given here, and uh, the uh, I I really appreciate the way it says according to his several ability. You know, that's one thing to recognize that you know in life we all find ourselves in places of responsibility, and uh, obviously parenting is one of those places of responsibility, <clears throat> and. God has uh, given us that kind of responsibility. And we have these uh, servants here and their responses to that responsibility. The uh, uh, Verse 16 says, Then he that had received the five talents went and traded the same and made them other five. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the servant The Lord of these servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliveredst unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five more, five talents more. He said unto his Lord, said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliveredst unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then the one which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. I was afraid. I went and hid thy talent in the earth, and lo, here thou, there thou hast that is thine. And the Lord said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. 
I'm just going to stop there for the moment. Let's just think of this scripture a little bit in light of uh, parenting in difficult times. You know, maybe the servant could say, could maybe the servant who was uh, unfaithful could have come to the Lord and said, you know, Lord, I was afraid my child might die at five years old and I didn't want to have the pain of dealing with something like that, so I decided we wouldn't have children. Or I was afraid that uh, the world might get them and I'd have to uh, suffer the grief of, uh, of a wayward child and, and so I, uh, I decided that, well, we'd just have one or two just in case so that we just don't want to deal with all those kind of things, you know. Just kind of trying to put it where we might live, you know, kind of thing. Uh, faithfulness. That's what the that's what the uh, the Lord commends these uh, folks here, uh, the ones who were faithful. He says, "Thou hast been faithful." Uh, verse twenty one, and again in verse twenty three, "Thou hast been faithful." <clears throat> You know, God, the scripture was, uh, uh, okay, uh, the, the uh, children's, the family sharing, they quoted from Titus in 1 Timothy 5.14, uh, Paul writing says, I will therefore that younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the, enemy, to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Uh, one of the callings that God puts upon our lives, Mary. Bear children. Guide the house. Uh, will we be faithful? Will we be faithful in difficult times? Will we be faithful uh, to entrust God like Amram and Jochebed did? You know, may I say that the, the call, the responsibility, the uh, charge, if I may use that word, to uh, bear children, to guide the house. Obviously, you have to marry if you're going to do that. Should anyhow. Uh, that's a call that will go out to as long as the earth remains. You know, the scriptures speak about difficult times. They speak about things getting difficult in the end times. But, uh, and I know that the New Testament writer. Uh, speaks some of, in fact, Paul himself uh, speaks some of uh, and actually lifts up the thought of being single because of the difficulties and the persecutions that were going to come. And he actually commends, uh, lifts that up. And I'm, I'm 100% to recognize that. But let's never lose, let's never get into the rut of getting to the place where we decide this world is too wicked a place to bring children into. Let's never go there. That's not faith. It's not confidence in God. I believe there can be a time and a place when great difficulties come that people may choose not to marry, may choose not to bear children in that context because they're fleeing, because they're, you know, we're fleeing for our lives or whatever it might be, uh, that those choices might be made uh, because of the present distress. But uh, in general, in a general sense, the, the call to trust God and to parent in difficult times is a call that God uh, gives to us, his people. And he will be faithful. He will be faithful if we, uh, if we can face it in faith and in confidence in him. 
You know, difficult times, just to kind of wrap things up here, difficult times are times of opportunity. You know, notice uh, the interesting things that took place there with uh, Egypt. You know, here's a uh, Pharaoh's daughter. She sees his son on the waters. She takes him out. She gives him to the mother. And she pays the mother to raise him. How about that? You've been paid to raise your sons? I, I, you know, we, we know the rest of the story, so it's not all that pleasant. But just think about it. She pays to have him raised. And in the end, it's that very son that is the biggest thorn in their flesh that they've ever had. And they paid to raise him. You see, God... See how God works? Uh, you know, the, the, the scripture tells us that he was, uh, in Acts it is, he, he says he was uh, something to the effect that he, he was taught in all the things of Egypt. They had, they, had, uh, they had brainwashed him, if I may say so, with Egyptian theories and theologies. And, but he never forgot the, the teaching that his mother had given him. Somehow that was that he never lost it. He, he even all the while they're they're schooling him in Egyptian sorceries and ways, and and uh, all the while he's got this concept of God within him. And the day comes when he begins to realize that he has to make a choice between this wicked heathen kingdom or the God that he knows about. And the God that his people represented. <clears throat> we know his choice. And so, it is, in those, it is in those unusual and difficult times that God is able to show himself strong. You know, who of us would have thought our way through that thing? Uh, I'm going, I'm, you know, Moses' parents did not realize how that would all turn out. They only went by faith. And they trusted God. And God... The rest of the story is written. Uh, it is in difficult, unusual and difficult times that God is able to show himself strong. I like to say that God has not promised an easy road. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite is true. Jesus tells us that uh, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So, Let's never forget that, you know, we're not promised an easy road. We're not promised that everything will always go just the way we intended it to or desired it to or thought it would or thought it should. But if we have faith in God, we can trust God in the outcome. Even if we don't understand it, we can still trust God. Uh, We can still have that sure, firm anchor, even though nothing would seem to make sense. And I'm going to suppose that for Moses' parents, there's probably times when it just, nothing seemed to make sense. But God. But God. So I want to encourage us with those words today. Parenting in difficult times. We, uh, I think all of us would anticipate that 
times in this country will continue to move in a direction that will probably be more difficult. And uh, I want to encourage us to trust God, irregardless of the changing times, irregardless of uh, what happens in the world around us, irregardless of how uh, our world views families and parenting and and all those kind of things uh, that we would be a people who value what God values and uh, we would be a people of faith and confidence and trust anchored upon that rock and uh, resting in the grace of our God even when we don't understand even when times are difficult and uh, many in other parts of the world are living in what I talked about this morning. You know, difficult times. Uh, persecutions, wars. Uh, many, many, just actually just this week got a, uh, probably some of you got it as well, that little uh, notice from uh, Christian Aid Ministries, uh, forget even the, was it, but the suffering in, Israel, Egypt, I forget, over there somewhere. Uh, and the many displaced families, mothers and children. Uh, yeah, they've seen horrible things. And so we, we kind of speak about these things and feel very inadequate to speak about them because there's parts of the world where they, they know what it is firsthand. We really don't. Um, so may God add his blessing and encourage our hearts in the things of the Lord. Maybe we could, if you're able, just stand together and we can pray. <clears throat> our God, our Father, again, at the close of these few thoughts, we just commit our time to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for its direction, its inspiration, and its, uh, direction, its challenge that it brings to our hearts. And thank you for each one present here this morning. Again, we are asking that your spirit, knowing all of our needs, would minister uh, according to those needs. And we do ask, Father, that uh, you would continue to uh, be merciful to this country and in your various ways try to draw the hearts of mankind toward you. And Father, grant the church, the uh, body of Christ, strength and grace and power to be that humble, powerful witness of a living God. Father, do remove us or uh, grant us grace to overcome our fear of this world and the peoples of this world and the ideas of this world and to be able to uh, demonstrate uh, the kingdom where Christ already reigns. So, Father, again, bless us to that end and keep us in your care. We ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated.